Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we'll be going in depth into my week number 16 top 36 wide receiver rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNT. So without further ado, let's get into my week number 16 wide receiver rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with the S tier at the wide receiver position at number one with CD Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Miami Dolphins in Miami this week. Now, you guys all know that I'm a Dolphins fan. So in this game, I am rooting for CD Lamb to get absolutely locked up by Jalen Ramsey. But what I actually think is going to happen is since the Dallas Cowboys just got a train ran on them last week by the Buffalo Bills, a game that was not even remotely close. I think this game is going to be a high powered boom boom firepower back and forth affair between the Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins. CeeDee Lamb is currently the wide receiver two on the season in PPR and I think he should easily be a top five wide receiver in this game. I believe this game finishes with the highest point total on the week and I think CeeDee Lamb gets his licks back for what happened last week up against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. At number two, we got A.J. Brown of the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the Giants at home in Philly. Now, if the Eagles were playing up against, I would say, like 20 other opponents in the NFL, I would be pretty worried because this is a team that is on a three-loss streak. This is a team that is down astronomical, and A.J. Brown has felt it, especially last week where he only scored 11 fantasy points. But again, he just so happens to have a layup of a matchup here, right? The perfect get right game up against the Giants defense. I know Jalen Hurts looked like shit on primetime up against the Seahawks in Seattle, but you can also remember that, hey, Jalen Hurts flew to this game on another plane. He was sick entering into the week. He didn't have the Jordan flu game, didn't play all that well. I project that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be in a huge bounce back spot here. And there's also a possibility that Devontae Smith doesn't play, which would lead to an even bigger game potentially out of A.J. Brown. At number three, we have Tyreek Hill of the Miami Dolphins going up against the Dallas Cowboys at home in Miami. Now Tyreek Hill did return to practice on Thursday, pointing towards him playing on Sunday. I know, oh my God, the Dallas Cowboys defense is very scary. I get that, I get that, I get that. But Tyreek Hill beats the shit out of every single defense. It doesn't matter if it's the Dallas Cowboys, the Eagles, the Panthers, the Broncos, the Chargers. It doesn't matter which defense is, how great or how bad they are. Tyreek Hill is going to go crazy. He's the wide receiver one on the season, and I expect yet another top three game out of Tyreek Hill, even if he is limited because I don't expect him to be completely healthy after that injury happened just a couple of weeks ago in week number 14. At number four, we got Justin Jefferson, Jay Jettas of the cold like Minnesota Vikings going up against the Detroit Lions. Now, I know the Detroit Lions defense had a get-right game up against the Denver Broncos last week, but when push comes to shove, based upon the whole entire season, the Lions defense sucks ass. So it shouldn't be surprising at all if Justin Jefferson goes nuclear in this game. Now, last week, he was only the wide receiver 22, but he saw his normal workload, right? 
Seven receptions, 10 targets, 84 yards. Sure, he didn't score a touchdown, but if you had a touchdown onto that, he has a great game. If you had two touchdowns onto that, he is one of the better wide receivers on the week. Justin Jefferson is one of the best, if not the best receiver in the NFL. He's a auto top five wide receiver weekly. At number five, to close out the S tier, we got Amon Ra St. Brown of the Lions going up against the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Now, in week number 14, prior to last week, Amon Ra St. Brown shit the bed, right? He lemoned the sheets. It was terrible. He had just five fantasy points, but then he said, you know what? I got you guys. Week 15 fantasy playoffs. I'm gonna go crazy as the wide receiver number six. I know the Vikings defense is percolating. I know the Vikings defense is way better than we all expected, but at the end of the day, Amon Ross St. Brown is a must start every single week, and I expect him to be a top five wide receiver this week moving now to the A tier at number six we have wiki wiki DJ Moore of the Chicago Bears going up against the Arizona Cardinals at home in Chicago now last week was definitely a doozy for DJ Moore owners but that was because they were playing up against the Cleveland Browns one of the best defenses in the NFL now he gets to play up against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So it's a hip hip hooray moment here for DJ Moore owners. I expect him to go balls deep into this Cardinals defense. And I don't think anyone needs much of an explanation about that. I know last week he was the wide receiver 43, but the three prior games, wide receiver 3, 10, and 6, he should be a lock to be a top 10 receiver on the week. At number 7, we got Debo Samuel of the San Francisco 49ers going up against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this is definitely a very tough matchup for Debo Samuel, but when a guy has been a top 12 wide receiver in four straight weeks and two of those games he was a top two wide receiver, I am just going to let the matchup slide, right? I get maybe this is just a game that we should easily see like, oh, this is going to be the bus game out of Debo. I don't really think so. I think this is another game that could be a real shootout, a real high scoring game, despite the fact that both of these defenses have a very high pedigree. Debo Samuel has been absolutely slam dunking, yamming, posterizing defenses like Shaquille O'Neal over the last couple of weeks. Two touchdowns, two touchdowns, three touchdowns and one touchdown over the last four games, right? That's three, four, five, six, seven, eight touchdowns in four games. That's an average of two touchdowns a game. Now, do I expect him to rip off two touchdowns against the Ravens? The answer to that would be, fuck no, baby, but I still think he should finish as a top 10 receiver. At number eight, we got Michael Pittman Jr. Now, Michael Pittman was about to have what felt like a historic day, right? Michael Pittman was going insane in the membrane up against the Steelers. But then his membrane got hit the wrong way and he got knocked out of the game. But in basically the first quarter, four receptions on five targets for 78 yards. Michael Pittman has been the definition of safety in fantasy football. It is really like wrapping a condom over your team when you throw Michael Pittman in there. The Atlanta Falcons defense at points this season has been solid, but assuming that Michael Pittman plays, which I assume he does because he logged a full practice yesterday on Thursday, I la 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 love Michael Pittman Jr. At number nine, we got Mike Evans. Now, Mike Evans in week 14 ends up having a disaster of a game. Wide receiver 102. And then every single time, even when these straight up studs like Mike Evans shit the bed, people panic. I said, everyone, don't panic. Now, Mike Evans didn't have a huge game last week. He was the wide receiver 20, 57 yards and a touchdown up against the Jaguars defense this week. A defense that, you know, this is far from the Saxonville Jaguars of all those years ago. 
And with Baker Mayfield riding hot, I think Mike Evans hops back into the top 10 at the wide receiver position, moving now to the B tier. At number 10, we have Stefan Diggs. Now, I moved Stefan Diggs from the A tier down to the B tier because, frankly, I am a little bit worried. Now, I get on paper this is a matchup where the Buffalo Bills should be just slinging out back shots on the Chargers, right? This is a matchup where the Bills could score 70 points like the Dolphins did against the Broncos, right? Or they could do what the Raiders just did to the Chargers last week. But in the back of my head, I start to think, well, if you look at Diggs' last five games, he's been the wide receiver 45, 52, 16, 54, 54. He could easily be a top five receiver. He could easily be the number one wide receiver this week. But based upon what we've seen, I also wouldn't be surprised if he was like the wide receiver 45, because this is also a game where they don't necessarily have to go out there and throw a million times. They could just hand the ball to James Cook 30 fucking times and get out of there with a W and James Cook scores like four touchdowns. Now, obviously, the four touchdowns is a bit of hyperbole, but they don't necessarily need digs to feast in order to win this game. Now, again, I think you would be pretty crazy to sit Stefan Diggs, but there are some worries in the back of my mind about this matchup. Again, I think it is way more likely that he's a top 12 receiver than the wide receiver 50 or worse. But again, based upon the last five games, there isn't a lot to be super confident about, aside from the fact that he's Stefan Diggs. At number 11, we got DK Metcalf. Now, DK Metcalf is a pretty boom or bust wide receiver. This season, though, the busts, haven't been as catastrophic, right? In years past, DK Metcalf was either going to be like a top 10 guy or just lay essentially a goose egg, right? He get three, four points. This year, if he has a bad game, he gets like 12 or 14 fancy points, so you're still pretty happy. But the big game is humongous big, right? A couple weeks ago up against Dallas, 37 fantasy points. Going up against the Titans defense that I think I could go out there and fucking run a slant, turn into Michael Thomas, and get 10 yards on these guys. Obviously, I wouldn't be able to do that, right? They're an NFL defense, and I'm some fucking skinny, fat, five foot ten bastard. But at the end of the day, DK Metcalf should have a good one here. At number 12, we have Rashi Rice. Now, I've talked about this ad nauseum this week, but it's very crazy to see the transformation that Rashi Rice has made this season. Rashi Rice, earlier on in the season, once he started to kind of catch fire a little bit, he wasn't necessarily fully ablaze, right? Engulfed in flame. He was like a safe bet to be a top 32 guy. But as of recently, he has fully transformed from like, oh, this guy's a solid flex. This guy's a solid wide receiver three. Or, hey, if you're really down bad at receiver, he's a fine wide receiver two. To the point where you're like, holy shit, this guy is the best receiver on my fantasy team. Wide receiver seven and 12 in back-to-back -back weeks. Nine or more targets in four straight games. I get that the Chiefs offense has its ups and downs. It has its woes. This has not been Patrick Mahomes' best season. But when every single other wide receiver on this team, aside from Travis Kelsey, who's a tight end, can't catch to save their lives, Rashi Rice is now having a cornucopia-level feast. So against the Raiders' defense, I know. Nick, the Raiders' defense just looks so great up against the Chargers. Rashi Rice... Took him out back and whacked him last time he played the Raiders as the wide receiver three. I like him as a top 12 option this week. At number 13, we got Brandon Ayuk. Now, while Debo Samuel has been rolling over the last couple of weeks, we've seen Brandon Ayuk kind of take the back seat. 
Now, Brandon Ayuk hasn't taken the backseat in a way of just being completely and utterly useless, right, in your lineup, but he hasn't been hitting his peaks like you would want. Now, maybe this is the week where Debo starts slumping a little bit and Ayuk comes out rock hard, right, Viagra hard, and has a huge game. Last week, he was the wide receiver 57, but prior to that, wide receiver 14, 20, 35, and 22. So he's a pretty safe bet to be a top 24 guy, I would think, this week. And again, while the Ravens matchup on paper might be making people squirm a little bit and panic, I'm not really all that worried at all. And with how great this offense is, I'll give Brock Purdy all the flowers in the world. I don't think he should be the MVP, but he's probably going to win it because the offense is cracked. Moving now to the C tier, wide receivers 14 through 17. Now, S tier through B tier, obviously, there's some fall off from the S to the A, the A to the B, right? But now is where it starts to fall off even more. To me, there's a pretty decent gap between the B and the C tier. Now, I don't hate Devontae Adams, my wide receiver 14 of the Las Vegas Raiders going up against the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City, but I have my reservations with him, right? He's a pretty safe bet to be a top 32 guy, so he's clearly not going to take you to the cleaners if you start him and he has a bad game, but he's also not a guarantee to be a top 10, top 12 guy even every given week. Now, this Chiefs defense is very hard to read, right? This is a Chiefs defense that some games comes out there, looks A1 steak sauce, looks amazing. Other weeks, they look fucking disheveled, right? They come out there and they look like they just got out the thrift shop shopping with fucking Macklemore or something. So going up against the Chiefs, I think Adams should be fine. I think he could be a top 10 guy. He was the wide receiver eight last week and he's gotten 10 or more targets in two straight games. But with Aiden O'Connell as the lead signal caller, I can't bump him up to the B tier. At number 15, we got T. Higgins without Jamar Chase. I think it is almost guaranteed that you have to rank T. Higgins this high as like a top 18 guy. Last week, T. Higgins made the snag of the season, in my opinion, that touchdown one-handed grab and like reaching back like fucking Odell. Not really, but getting the ball over the plane. It was beautiful. Chef's kiss, man, you fweak. Now he goes up against the Steelers. Now, realistically, on paper, if you were to say, hey, the Steelers are playing the Bengals, it's week seven, right? It's week seven, which is the Bengals bye week. But for instance, week seven, and Jake Browning's in, not Joe Burrow. I would be like, and assuming Jake Browning has done how he's done so far, I'd be like, okay, I don't really love T. Higgins because this is a Steelers defense that up to that point in the season was very solid, right? But now we are in week 16, and this is a Steelers defense that we recently saw get absolutely railroaded by Bailey Zappi. So again, Jake Browning isn't necessarily all that, but Jake Browning has been a very solid quarterback ever since he took over for Joe Burrow, and this isn't the same Steelers defense from earlier on in the season. What I'm genuinely worried about is that this is an AFC North rivalry matchup, right? This game might end... 21-0 Cincinnati, and maybe T. Higgins doesn't have a huge game, right? Or it's 21-7. It should end up being a pretty low-scoring game, in my opinion, and that could hurt Higgins. But if the Bengals only score two touchdowns, it's also a chance that both of them goes to Higgins. So again, while I do have some worries with Higgins, for a lot of teams, you need him in your lineup. And going up against the Steelers again, that same petrifying matchup it was a couple weeks ago. At number 16, we got Jayla Waddle away, Waddle Waddle. Till the very next day, bump, 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 bada, bump, going up against the Dallas Cowboys at home in Miami. Now, reintroducing Tyreek Hill into this offense 
is great for the Dolphins, right? As a Dolphins fan, I'm fucking jolly, right? I'm fucking running through the grass like a leprechaun, let my balls drag against the grass, right? That's why leprechauns laugh when they run against grass. Everyone already knows that. That's like a But what I actually mean is while it's great for the Dolphins, bad news bears for Waddle. Now, in a game like this that I project to be so high scoring, I would be hard pressed to project Jalen Waddle to really have such a bad game to where it really sinks your fantasy team, right? But I also can't just blindly rank him top 12 because, again, he is a great wide receiver, but we all know what the fuck's going to happen. Tyreek is going to get fed the ball a gazillion times. Now, if Tyreek was to reaggravate his injury, knock on wood, we don't root for injuries. Um, then obviously that would help out Jalen Waddle. But assuming Tyreek's good to go, he's at, say, 80% health. I just think Waddle finishes anywhere from wide receiver like 16 to 24. And I'll give him the benefit of the doubt of ranking him higher because this game could be really high scoring and Waddle could find his way into the end zone. And number 17, we got Devontae Smith of the Eagles going up against the Giants. Now, Devontae Smith missed practice on Thursday with an injury. Now, when a guy misses Wednesday, I always talk about this. Wednesday practice means nada. Nothing means jack shit. Thursday is when it starts to matter. Not being there on Thursday scares me. Now, this game is on Monday. So on Sunday, if we don't know too much, we're going to have to make an educated guess. A lot of the time, for me, when you're in the fantasy football playoffs, unless it feels 100% that Devontae Smith's going to play, I'm probably going to have to dip him down the rankings but right now we're speaking on friday we can be a little bit more optimistic as i have not seen the practice reports because they're not out yet when i'm recording this at 103 a.m on thursday night fifth has felt a bit of a fall down as of recently help i've fallen and i can't get up wide receiver 39 33 over the last two weeks but again this feels like the reckoning for the Eagles. This feels like the bounce back game for them to get their lick back and have a huge game. So if Smith plays, you got to have him rank this high. But again, I'm not fully confident that he is going to end up suiting up on Monday. Next up, we move to the D tier. At number 18, we got Cortland Sutton. Now, Cortland Sutton is a guy that I feel as though is almost just going to be a top 24, top 25 guy in my rankings every single week for the rest of the season. This is a guy that prints touchdowns. He has only had... Four total games this season where he didn't score. He has played in 14 games, and of which he scored a fucking touchdown. Now, I understand if he doesn't score, he's going to probably sink your ship because he doesn't have a single game this season of over 100 yards. And most of his games, he gets like six, five targets, four or five receptions, 60 to 70 yards. So he's always going to be able to not metaphorically sink your battleship like we talk about, right? He's not going to fucking wrap your body up in a body bag throw some uh, chains around it and throw you into the Hudson River or something. But I don't necessarily think that if he doesn't score, he is going to have that big of a game. Because again, if you're not getting 100 yards or if you're not getting like 10 catches, it's hard to do that if you don't score a touchdown. Patriots defense, a little sneaky good. But again, I think Cortland Sutton just deserves to be uh, ranked in this range because he does have huge upside. He just has to score touchdown or two at number 19 we got deandre hopkins now hopkins is a guy another guy that is a very tough cookie to figure out right deandre hopkins realistically is still the deandre hopkins that we are used to from the past now maybe he's lost a slight step but he doesn't look like he's halfway into the fucking retirement home right with that said with Tannehill coming back under center 
when Tannehill was the guy, DeAndre Hopkins was basically irrelevant. Now he was still getting targets, but he wasn't as good. Now the question is, up against Seattle, will Ryan Tannehill potentially like leave that stamp on the season? Like, hey, I deserve a job next year, maybe on a different team, or hey, maybe I'll be the guy, the bridge quarterback for a different team, and I can win some games. Or is he going to be the Tannehill from the beginning of the season that looked like straight up ass? And not the good kind of ass either. So DeAndre Hopkins up against Seattle, I don't like him at all. But again, how much lower can you rank him? How much lower, how low can you go, right? Because as we get deeper and deeper into the rankings, you quickly realize the amount of uncertainty at the receiver position this week. At number 20, we got Amari Cooper going up against the Houston Texans in Houston. But before we break down Amari Cooper at the wide receiver position, as well as the rest of the wide receivers, all the way up until wide receiver 36, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe. And today, Underdog Fantasy has a great offer for you guys that we're going to talk about in just a couple of seconds. But first, I want to explain to you guys how the NFL Pick'em works. You're going to have to pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams. So, for instance, if you like Josh Allen's higher passing yards, James Cook's higher rushing yards, you can't match those two together without adding another pick in. So we're going to go with our favorite picks of the week as of right now. We're going to go with James Cook higher than 95.5 rushing plus receiving yards, and then we're going to scroll all the way down here to a different game. We are going to go with Jameer Gibbs, higher than 74.5 rushing plus receiving yards. If both these hit, we'll get three times our entry fee. So for instance here, for $5, we get $15. Now, if we did three picks, it would be six times. Four picks is 10 times, and five picks is 20 times your entry fee, assuming that all the picks hit. Now, if you live in one of these states on your screen right now and you are new to Underdog Fantasy, use promo code NOTORIOUS for a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. If you deposit $100, they give an additional $100. 50 additional $50, $25 an additional $25. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things, Amari Cooper. Now, Cool Joe Flacco has been looking really, really, really nice. The problem with Joe Flacco is his favorite target is David Njoku, not Amari Cooper. Now, that doesn't stop Amari Cooper from being a decent fantasy start, but it does, in a way, lessen the amount of upside that Amari Cooper possesses due to the fact that in the red zone, you know who the fuck the ball is going to, and his name is David Njoku. So Amari Cooper is a guy that if he sees 8 to 10 targets like I think he will up against the Texans, he's going to be fine, right? But him finishing as like a top 10 guy seems a little far-fetched at this point with how much David Njoku gets fed in the red zone. At number 21, we got Nico Collins going up against the Cleveland Browns. Now, Nico Collins is currently questionable and was sidelined on Wednesday's practice, but based upon what I read on Twitter, it seems as though practicing in a limited basis is the other report. He should be back this week, potentially. Now, again, not going to sit here and pretend like he's a lock to come back. But if he was to play, even up against the Browns, even with Case Keenum, I'm going to rank him as a top 24 guy. Again, maybe this is going to be supreme disappointment, right? Maybe this is a huge letdown spot. Chance I change my mind by Sunday. But where we're sitting right now, I think Nico Collins gets fed enough to have a decent game. And he's so fucking good. He could be a top five receiver. At number 22, we got Garrett Wilson. Now, Garrett Wilson is a guy that I want to rank so much higher. I want to love Garrett Wilson for fantasy because Garrett Wilson is a amazing talent. But the problem is Garrett Wilson is held in check 
by the Jets, right? The Jets offensive line sucking more cock than Remy LaCroix. The fact that their quarterback situation continues to get worse and worse is a recipe for disaster for Garrett Wilson. Now, next year, once Aaron Rodgers comes back, it's going to be all sunshine and roses, right? Everyone's going to be back on the Garrett Wilson bandwagon, rightfully so. Now, that here it's week 16, more than likely, Trevor Simeon's going to be under center. But how far down, how low can you go on Garrett Wilson? Because he's playing the fucking Commanders. The Commanders defense is soft as baby shit. The Commanders defense is Charmin Ultra Soft. The cart or the Washington Commanders defense is basically John Cena. They're invisible. You can't see them. They've got 11 guys out there. Feels like they've got maybe seven, right? Like they're playing seven on seven, but it's actually seven on 11, like the store, 7 Eleven. Garrett Wills, that was a terrible joke. I apologize for that one, but uh, I didn't that one out. Uh, we don't really edit anything out here except for if I like, like, start coughing or something. That sounded like I was trying to talk or something. Uh, I do not do, but if you do that, you know, it is what it is. Garrett Wilson went up against the Commanders. What can we do? The matchup is too good to bury him. But the situation's too bad to rank him higher. So wide receiver 22, ooh, ooh, feels pretty fair. Moving now to the E tier, wide receiver 23, Calvin Ridley. Now going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be a great spot for Ridley. Problem is, it's seeming less and less likely that Lawrence plays and more and more likely that big dick Bethard, CJ Bethard, is under center. Now Calvin Ridley, despite getting fed a helping amount of targets, 12 or more targets in back-to-back weeks, managed to only score Nine fantasy points. Nine fantasy points at back-to-back weeks. Nine. With 12 or more targets. Now, I still think he scored last week. I don't know about you guys, but I still think he scored. But it ain't looking the best for Calvin Ridley. Again, he's still very good. Maybe Beathard's able to revive him and give him a nice game. But, again, how low can you go with him? I can't go much lower than this. At number 24, we got Jordan Addison Ray of the Minnesota Vikings going up against the Detroit Lions. Now, Jordan Addison was the wide receiver number one last week. Jordan Addison was in a slump from weeks nine to week 14, but he arose last week, right? Like the bride of fucking Frankenstein. And now he gets a matchup that is amazing. Now, will Nick Mullins look that good again? I'm not sure. I'm hesitant to believe that. And I'm also hesitant to believe that Jordan Addison will be able to anywhere close to replicate this. Jordan Addison feels very boom or bust. But with the matchup being... So good, gets to be ranked as the wide receiver 24. At number 25, we got Chris Godwin. Now, Chris Godwin is a tricky guy to rank because wasn't seen on practice on Thursday. Worries me. And he also has been a guy that's been getting a decent amount of targets all season, but hasn't really done much with it, right? If you watch the game, you watch the Bucks play, you would look at Chris Godwin and say, hey, this is a guy that still looks like the Chris Godwin of the past, but he's not putting up the best numbers. That's my takeaway from watching all this. Last week, though, he gets all the targets, right? Just like in week 14 where he gets 11, but this time he gets 12. But instead of five receptions, like in week 14, he has 10 for 155 yards. Now, again, that would make you think, oh, I need to start this guy. But then you look at the rest of the season and you realize that he's barely even cracking the top 30. The skill set is still there, but the numbers aren't there. Still open, he's just not always getting the ball. Dropping things. Not necessarily getting the best targets, because again, it's not like Baker Mayfield's the best quarterback on earth. 
against the Jaguars, the matchup itself elevates him into this range. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Chris Godwin is this super safe fantasy football asset as of right now, but based upon 11 or more targets in back-to-back -back weeks, if he suits up, can't rank him much lower than this. At number 26, we got Joshua Palmer. Now, Joshua Palmer is essentially, this week, really like playing with fucking fireworks, right? Like lighting them off and trying to hold them for as long as possible and then throwing it, right? Like one of those, what are those called? Roman candles, maybe? I don't know. Whatever the hell you call that, right? Mortar, where you hold it in your hand, you light it, watch it go down, and then like a fucking, uh, like a Looney Tunes skit, if you hold it for too long, it goes kaboom, and your fucking finger goes flying across the room, JPP style. So that's how I see Palmer this week. A very high risk, high reward player. If you ever played Call of Duty, it's like cooking a frag grenade, and you actually have no idea how long it takes to do, because maybe it's your first game on, on the new video game, and you hold it for too long and you explode. Or maybe you hold it just enough, throw it, and it explodes right in your opponent's face a couple of feet in front of you. That's what it feels like to play with Joshua Palmer. Because I can see Joshua Palmer being the wide receiver 12 like he was last week, going 4 for 4 like he was at Wendy's for 113 yards and a touchdown and garbage time against the Raiders. Basically, the whole game was garbage time for the Chargers. Or, 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 we could see Joshua Palmer being like the wide receiver 77, maybe wide receiver 100-something. So it's all based upon risk tolerance. How risky do you want to be? Do you feel as though your back's against the wall? Do you feel as though you're going to lose your fantasy game? Feel as though, now don't necessarily look at the projections because projections on these websites are fucking trash, right? You don't have to look at the projections. Just look at the matchup. Hey, do I think I'm going to win? Do I think I'm going to lose? If I feel as though I might be getting slighted here, I might lose, I might be willing to close my eyes and blindly throw Palmer into the lineup because Palmer, again, could have an explosive game. This is a team that's going to be down. They are going to be getting metaphorically hit from the back, right? So they're going to have to throw. Easton Stick, very good. No, but he doesn't have to be amazing. Joshua Palmer to be fine, especially since there's no Keenan Allen. So while I think there's a whole lot of risk involved in playing Joshua Palmer, Gotta be ranked this high because the upside is so immense. At number 27, we got Zay Flowers. Another guy that if you just want to be as safe as possible, you should duck and cover away from Zay Flowers, right? From weeks 12, week 14, he's a top eight receiver, right? By week in the middle of week 13. Then he comes out against the Jaguars, and instead of his eight or 10 targets, he gets two. One reception, seven yards. Two fantasy points, right? Zay Flowers is another one of those very boomer bust guys. Now, if you're asking me, Nick, who do you trust more? Now, if I was just talking about the player, I would trust Zay Flowers about eight gazillion times more than I trust Joshua Palmer. But I trust Joshua Palmer's matchup a little bit more. Mar Jackson in this game might not be able to find as many openings to that, like Zay Flowers, or maybe Zay Flowers goes hog wild. Again, it doesn't matter the matchup. Like, we've seen this all season. Zay Flowers could go up against the 85 Bears and score a million points and then go up against 11 versions of me and then, or just, I guess, one-on-one, -on -one, me versus Zay Flowers, and then I just lock him up, and he has, like, two fantasy points, right? It is un- like, the matchup doesn't matter for a guy like Zay Flowers. So, again, if you're willing to take that risk, go ahead. If you're trying to be more safe, stay away. Moving now to the F-tier wide receiver 28. Another guy, and basically all these guys feel pretty risky, if we're being honest with you. This is where you really start to plug your nose. Tyler Lockett in my pocket skirt. We talked about how DK Metcalf is boomer bust, but Tyler Lockett does it to the nth degree, right? Tyler Lockett will be, or DK Metcalf will be wide receiver seven one week, and he'll be the wide receiver 20, then the wide receiver 35, right? 
Lockett plays it to an extreme. He's either the wide receiver 8 or the wide receiver 75. That's legitimately what it's like. Let's look at his last couple games. Wide receiver 70, 17, 39, 72, 33, 8, 55. At the point, right? There's a lot of ups and downs, trials and tribulations through a season. Now this matchup, amazing. So you might be inclined to start him. But again, he's another one of these guys, just like Zay Flowers. Even if the matchup, bad, might still feed. And if the matchup's great, not guaranteed to have that huge game. Number 29, we got Deontay Johnson. Now, all signs right now are pointing towards, like, if you don't if you take out of your mind, hey, 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 Nick, 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 guess what? Guess what, buddy? Uh, Mason Rudolph's the quarterback. Take that out of your mind. Three straight weeks with a touchdown. Three straight weeks with five or more targets. He's been looking good. He's been looking open. Playing a lot better. Bengals defense, not the scariest. Right? All that points towards, holy shit. Been a top 24 receiver in three straight weeks. Let's rank him as that. Rank him high. Top 18 guy. Maybe top 15 guy. Be a top 10 guy. Like you love Deontay Johnson, which I do. But, the big but. Shout out, Bella Danger. Deontay Johnson. Quarterback is Mason Rudolph. And I know. Nick. Any picket sucks. Nick. Mitch Trubisky sucks. Want to know who sucks more? Mason Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. Again, you might have thought shit. It wasn't sweet with, with uh, Trubisky. Going to get worse. Spoiler alert. It can get a lot worse. So again, while I have this love for Deontay Johnson, while I hope Deontay Johnson wheels and deals again, while I hope that Deontay Johnson goes for 200 fucking yards and three touchdowns, that's my hope for Deontay Johnson. I love Deontay Johnson. I've been a Deontay Johnson guy for years. Ever since he got in the league in 2019. If you guys go back then, I was, I was loving this guy. Especially in 2020. I was drafting the fuck out of him. But now you fast forward to 2023. The quarterback situation is awful. He's ripped off three straight games with three touchdowns. Can he do it again? I hope so. But I don't want to trust anyone whose quarterback is Mason Rudolph. And number 30, we got Drizzy Drake London. Now the team did the ultimate panic mode. And that... The team, by the team, I mean Arthur Smith, right? When you feel as though your job is in jeopardy, when you feel as though you are basically holding on to the edge, do not push me, I'm too close to the edge, right? When you're at the back of the mountain or the front, the top of the mountain, I don't know how the fuck you want to describe this, but you're at the mountain, there's wolves coming for you, right? He's, he's backing up, his hands are up, trying to back away, right? He's on the last step, right? If he steps back one more time, he fallen into like some spikes or something, right? It's like a movie, right? <laughs> or he's falling into the jungle or something, or maybe into like a huge snowbank. Maybe he somehow lives, right? Don't think he will, but maybe. So imagine that scenario. That is exactly what Arthur Smith, he, his back is so against the wall that he's trying to do anything, right? He's trying to befriend one of the wolves, right? By befriending the wolf, he's getting rid of, he says, hey, Desmond Ritter, buddy. Fucking Desmond, uh, not Desmond. Yeah, Desmond Ritter. Uh, Derrick Henry stiff arm. Get the hell out of here, buddy. All right? Uh, Heineke's our friend now, right? A desperation move. Now, does Heineke change much for, much for London? I don't think so. Right? Heineke might be better. He might be worse. But not by a large enough margin for it to even matter. This is a matchup that I, I would be salivating about if the Falcons had a somewhat competent quarterback and a head coach that wasn't a certified dummy. 
but neither of those things are true. This is a guy that was the wide receiver two two weeks ago and then followed it up last week as the wide receiver 76. So again, playing Drake London is a huge game. Close your eyes, throw the dart, sometimes it hits the board, sometimes it misses, and takes out a pedestrian at the bar. That's just how I think about London. And number 31, Jacoby Myers of the Raiders going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Wide receiver 21 last week, two tugs up against the Chargers. Great. Aiden O'Connell looks great. All fine and dandy. Expect Aiden O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell to look that surgical again? No. But Jacoby Myers falls into this range of like, hey, he's really good. Right? Saw him in New England. We've seen him this year. The guy has nine touchdowns on the year. He's good. But we know Aiden O'Connell isn't very good. Now, last time these two teams played, he was the wide receiver 14. So I think he should still be a top 30 guy, but I don't know that that's a guarantee. Again, as you go deeper and deeper into the rankings, we find this week that with a decent amount of injuries and with so many good guys playing on Thursday Night Football, it kind of leaves us in a shit situation here. Having a shit sandwich like we're playing, uh, like we're watching Click. Dobbs, wide receiver 32. Nick! You talked about how you didn't like Dobbs in the receiver video. Thursday night football live stream, you talked about how you didn't like Dobbs. Well, guess what? Seems like Jada Reed might not play. Now, if Jada Reed does play, Jada Reed is going up and up and up the rankings. He's probably going all the way into the fifth tier of things. S, A, B, C, D, E tier with Cortland Sutton, DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Hopkins, all those guys. I don't think Jada Reed's going to play. I don't think Christian Watson's going to play. And that leaves Romeo Dobbs in a scenario where he's the number one guy against the Panthers. So again, while Romeo Dobbs has been an immense disappointment, a immense failure, a colossal failure, as of recently, you're the number one receiver with how Jordan Love has looked recently. But I like that. How much do I like it? Wide receiver 32. I don't love it. I'm not up, right? I'm not going to sit here and just be delusional and tell you, oh, uh, Dobbs this, Dobbs that, right? And fucking give him the Gawk Gawk 9000 special, right? I'm not doing that. What I'm going to do is tell you, hey, Jada Reed doesn't play. Someone's got to get the ball. Probably Romeo Dobbs. At number 33, we got Noah Brown. Now, Noah Brown, wide receiver nine last week, but if Nico Collins returns, Noah Brown should be in this kind of a range, right? The upside is immense, right? But he's playing the Browns. And those five words I just uttered have potentially been the dagger in a lot of receivers this season. So again, while Noah Brown's upside is there with Case Keenum against the Browns, I'm not ranking him higher than this. Now we move into the G tier, the G spot, Adam Thielen going up against the Packers. Now, earlier on this season, Adam Thielen was a bona fide stud. Adam Thielen fucking had that flavor flave clock, spun it backwards, went back through time in the hot tub time machine, and was Adam Thielen from a couple years ago. Like, oh my God, how do you do it? How do you do it? And then after the bye week, it all faded away. Now, it was a slow fade away, right? Wide receiver 24, 42, 35, 21. It's like, okay. Those are some, not the best games, but it was okay, right? Not completely selling me up the river. It's okay, right? And then the real downfall started to come, right? Wide receiver 118, 51, 29, 47. I still think he's going to be a top 40 guy. I still think he's going to be fine because the Packers defense is that fucking bad. They are that bad. With how Bryce Young has played, we, we're not ranking him higher. Number 35, we got Brandon Cooks. Now, Brandon Cooks, we talk about this every week. He is a four to six target guy majority of the weeks. I know he got 10 targets against the Giants in week 10. Maybe he does it again, right? But highly unlikely. Four to six targets. 
If he can get four catches, he's going to get his 50 yards. If he scores a touchdown, you are happy. Yippee, right? He doesn't get his touchdown. Sad. That's how I feel up against the Dolphins. Just like I'll feel every other week. I like the high-scoring environment, so I like him more this week compared to normal. Now, I liked him a lot last week, too, against the Bills, but they got absolutely trounced by the Bills. I expect a bounce-back spot for them, so I think Cooks will be fine. At number 36, we got Terry, Scary, F1 McLaurin going up against the Jets in MetLife. Now, Nick McLaurin was great last week, and you didn't like him. Well, you want to know why he was great? Because they benched Howell and went with Jacoby Brissett. Now, I think Howell's better than Brissett, but... Howell sucked in that game. Do we really expect Howell to have this cult, this, uh, that word's a lot, but right? But have this huge bounce back, right? You remember as a kid, you'd go on the trampoline, right? I never had a trampoline, but my friends had a trampoline. And you'd like go on to the, you'd like lay, it wasn't like the fetal position, but like in a ball, I guess I would say, on the trampoline. And then everyone would jump up and down all at once. And then you would just get like double jumped. You go flying. You'd go like, woo, like you go fucking, if your, if your friend was like a real rich fella, right? They had like the, what that be called? Like the protective thing around there. Then, you know, most people had just like that where it's open. So you flying into the grass or something. But, um, trampolines are dangerous. I never got hurt though. Somehow. I don't know. <laughs> Cause I was always on those. I didn't even have one though. Back on its actual point of things. Like, that huge double jump is what happened when Brissett came under center. We really expect up against Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed for Terry McLaurin to have that great of a game? The answer would be no. Now, if he gets 10 targets again, he'll be fine. If he doesn't, he'll probably end up as, like, the wide receiver 50. He'll real, real sad. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't enjoy, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure that you leave a like on today's video. Help me out a ton. If you guys are new to the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below. Make sure... And if you enjoyed today's video, have a good day. Love you guys. Have a great one. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Kabooey!